Hello, my name is Brother and welcome to Outspoken. Now, in case you've been following me for the last couple of episodes, I started a series called The Bible Says. I'm now at part four, and this is actually the conclusion of this series. So yeah, so in case you did not listen, I started with part one. In part one, I was talking about the backstory of the Bible and why we have the Bible in our hands. What's the story behind us having the Bible? And I tied it to just one singular event that Christ was risen from the dead and his disciples went out. That was the event that happened in the first century that made Christians start taking the scripture seriously. And that's what created the, the force of that movement, Christianity that we have today. And by that, the apostles also wrote scriptures, wrote the epistles, the gospels, and we have it in our Bible. So just the backstory. In the second episode, I talked about us um, going back. In other words, this was Jesus Christ. And on the walk to Emmaus, he met two guys. One was named, named Cleopas. And he took them through the scriptures and was trying to reveal who he was in the scriptures. The amazing thing about that was that they had seen him physically. And even when he had to appear before the eleven. They saw him physically, but for some reason, they still did not believe, and he took them through the scriptures. And what I was trying to achieve with that episode is that to see Christ in the scriptures, we have not believed. In other words, even seeing him physically did not seem enough for them, and they had to expound on the scriptures, pointing from the law to the prophets. And somehow, Jesus kind of like gave us a canon of the Old Testament, because he said, from the law and the prophets down to the Psalms. And then in the third episode... We looked at an amazing scene that happened in chapter 7 of Acts. What was accounted for in chapter 7 of Acts? Um, we start off by seeing Stephen being killed, uh, Mattia, the, f- the first known Mattia at that time. And then Paul was called Saul. And what changed from Saul, who was the chief agitator against Christians, persecutor against Christians, and now becoming Saul that was now the propagator of the Christian message. It had to be something that happened and tying it back to what seems to be the backstory of the Bible that he actually saw Jesus Christ. And one of the things we realize about Paul is that it's not just that somebody appeared to him, it's that the life he now picks up after seems to be a disadvantage to him. So Paul was coming from an advantage position and coming to a disadvantage position. So Paul, while he was the persecutor of the church, everything was going on well for him. But when he became the propagator of the gospel message, the message he once fought, the people he once fought, once he became a part of that people, it was like hell was let loose against him. And for him to state the cause, it can only mean that what he saw and what he had come to believe and what he had come to teach was true. And we looked at all the, what moved him to write the letters he wrote. And I stated three things in that. I don't want to go into all of that. So today I am wrapping up. I'm wrapping up on this amazing thing and i've titled it you know the bible says part four so where do we go from here where do we go from here i've kind of like done a reel of the bible that we have in our hands and that and we have in our mobile phone so where do we go from here i like to start with a scripture that paul wrote a letter paul wrote to his son in the faith named timothy and the background to this is in second timothy chapter 3 this was like paul's last letter in fact this is paul's last letter written and this was close to his death and in this letter paul is saying to this young chap there's a background story it seems like there's a lot of persecution happening a lot of suffering happening and paul is advising him and let me back up a bit from verse 12 What I really want to talk about is in verse 15 and 16. Paul says, in fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evildoers and impostors will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. And Paul is just telling that these are things that are going to be happening. But as for you, 
continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of because you know those from who you have learned it and now from infancy you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in christ jesus all scripture is god breathed and is useful for teaching rebuking correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of god may be thoroughly equipped for every good work now the key word there is that we've looked at the bible in the last three episodes and looked at everything he says in the bible and he's saying here that all scripture that's all the things that we paid attention to from the old testament to the new testament all scripture is god breathed in other words the inspiration some translation says is god inspired and that's what he actually means is god breathed is god inspired this is an inspiration from god this is not just these words that are contained in our bible and not just ordinary words and there's a reason a clear reason why they are not just ordinary words and i'll go into all of that later on so all scripture i want to start first that all scripture is inspired and there's a spirit behind this scripture this spirit is inspired by who it's inspired by the holy spirit and we know um, if you're a follower of christ and a christian you know that we believe one of the tenets of our faith is that is in the triune god god the father god the son and god the holy spirit and that's where we have the trinity and we know that there's an equality in all of them they are all god they are all god the father the son and the holy spirit and all scripture is inspired by him one of the first places we find the holy spirit we see him accounted for is in the beginning and it says the spirit of god was brooding over the waters so the same spirit the brood over the waters that moved men to write these scriptures that we have in our bibles in our mobile phones raised christ from the dead was given to the early apostles who wrote under his inspiration of the things that were fulfilled by christ the word so this spirit is the same spirit and i put down here that the spirit the holy spirit is the agency behind the word of god he's the one that inspired it you know peter puts it in second peter 121 that men were moved by the spirit to write they were moved by the spirit and what that does for me is that um, it makes me realize that the canon of the scriptures that we have the holy spirit is actually the canon of the scriptures because all these books that we have here there's one common denominator and it's that the holy spirit moved all these men to write he moved them to write you know one of the amazing things that jesus christ told his disciples is that you know what i'm sending the comforter I'm sending the advocate it's going to guide you into all truth it's going to lead you into all truth and he tells them that he's going to bring to things your remembrance so when they were writing they were writing with the holy spirit inspiring them bringing things into their remembrance the words they were writing you know peter also says in this same account that in this part of the epistle in second peter and he says that you know what the scriptures are not by private interpretation in other words it's not of the will of men there was a holy spirit that was driving men and sometimes when you even look at the characters that wrote some of the scriptures you 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 are often to think that it didn't look like it was their natural propensity to write some of the things they wrote like what would have moved peter or mark like it's not as if these people were writers by themselves we don't have any account saying that but what we see in scriptures and the word of god from the old testament to the new testament is that we see the same spirit there's a spirit behind this book so it's not just a book that we have in our shelves or in our phones or in our hands but there's something living about this book and i love how the writer of hebrews i put this forth the word of god is sharper than any two-edged sword it is living and it is active 
so in other words the words we have in our mobile phones as the bible or the words that we have in our hands bonded together is actually the word of god and it's living it is living the words of these books are not are not ordinary it is living it is active so knowing all this seeing if you, if you listen to the last three episodes and knowing all this where do we go from here in case you listen to the first episode i started with this reboot I said, don't sleep on this. And I'm going to go back to a quote that I got from a minister of the gospel that has become a writer for me and has made me see things differently. And the quote goes thus, if a man predicts his death, burial, and resurrection and pulls it off, I will go with whatever he says. What is clear here is that where do we go from here in knowing all this? Is that I will go with whatever Jesus Christ says. So where do we go from here? We go with him. Because one thing we must understand is that at the center of scripture is Christ Jesus. This book in our hands is here because of him. Why we have this, there was, I talked about the person of interest in the Bible says part two. It's because of him, because in this book, his life is fulfilled. He came as a testimony of this book in our hands, of all that was written, all that was written from the law to the Psalms, the writings. It's about him. It's pointing to one central figure. And this central figure became a man and that's why john could say in his in his opening opening statement in his gospel that you know what he was in the beginning and the word became flesh so all that was spoken from from the lord to the prophets to the psalms became flesh before our eyes and he says in he says later in his epistle that we handled life we handled him we handled the word it became real before us so this book the center of it is Christ Jesus. And the reason why we have it in our hands is because of what he did and what he accomplished. He's risen from the dead. He actually fulfilled this book. He fulfilled all that was written. And that's why it has been put together. And the reason why we can go with him and where we go from here is because if, according to this book, he died, and he said it, and was said, he died. And that's what this, this is what Paul says in his opening statement in first corinthians 15 that according to scriptures christ died according to scriptures he was buried and according to scriptures he was risen from the dead and this literally happened he had a physical appearance before them we can go with whatever he says and i talked about this i think in the first part or the second part or in I, i think on don't sleep on this i said see people are credible because of the things they do that if you say you're going to do this and you do this we judge them to be credible so it's a reasonable response for us as followers of christ to follow what jesus says starting from the first century because you know why it was easy to go with what jesus christ said because they had seen fulfilled with what he had said in the past they had seen it fulfilled before their eyes and now we have their testimony and we go with it so that is why it makes sense to go with him because he proved that this book written of me i have lived it out before your eyes and the juggler of it all was that i was risen from the dead and that's why it makes sense to go with him so how do we go with him in john 17 i'd like to just turn there quickly i don't want to quote it in verse 8 and this is known as jesus christ's prayer where he was praying for his disciples the amazing thing about the scripture and you can always go back and read it it's a very, it's a very encouraging and comforting scripture because in this scripture jesus christ prays for us prays for those that will believe because of the message of his apostles of the early disciples and in verse 8 he says for i gave them the words you gave me and he's talking to god he says for i gave them the words you gave me and they accepted them so how do we go with what he says is that we accept his word and he's saying here that the words that i gave them is the words that you gave me by your spirit that was written that men were moved by it i lived it before their eyes and have given them this word to give to the world and everyone that accepts this word accepts me and accepts you so what we do here 
is that we go with the word. We accept it. We accept it because it's proven. We don't accept it because there's a gun in our head. No, we accept it because Christ is risen from the dead. And we can go with whatever he says. And I'll go back to that quote. If a man predicts his death, burial, and resurrection and pulls it off, remember, and pulls it off, I will go with whatever he says. Accepting what he says is accepting him and also the Father. That's God. Because what he says is what the Father gave to him. And that's the scriptures. A true mark of his disciples is that we accept that which he has said. And that's why we're followers of Christ. Because we're going with a word. We're going with his word. And the thing about going with his word is that it's a continuum. In other words, we'll keep going with his word. And that's why Paul admonished, I think, to the church in Colossae that continuing in the word, continuing in prayer, continuing in the word. In other words, continuing. And in continuing, it means that this book must be the book on top of our shelf. This must be the most read book. This must be the most open app on our phone. Is that we're studying God. I love what a friend said to me recently, Baggy. He says, see, that God wants us to know him first before we can experience him. And his word here is, is not just a living word. It's a living word because it's a person. It's, it's, it's the embodiment of who Christ is. Christ is at the center of it. So every time we read our Bibles and we read the word, we are reading his life. We are knowing him. As in, God has said, this is the chief way he will be revealed to us by knowing his word, by knowing him, his word. We know him as we fellowship with him in his word. And that's why Jesus Christ, in resurrecting, he opened the scriptures before their eyes and they saw him for who it is. That the one that was standing before us is the one that is embodied in this word. So we must make it a habit that we study the Bible. That we read the Bible, you know, like I said in, in the person of interest, that we need to reread the Old Testament and see Jesus in it. Let Jesus be open before our eyes. Because when Jesus was reading the Bible, the, the Old Testament, the scriptures to the disciples after he had resurrected, he wasn't pointing to the amazing heroes of faith. He was pointing to himself. He was the person of interest. He was pointing, he wanted them to see him in the scriptures. Because if, once they see him in the scriptures, they realize that who they are seeing before their eyes is who they've seen in the scriptures. And God is asking of us the same thing. The follow-up of this is that we are close to his word in study, in teaching, and also in obeying. The amazing thing about God's word is that he has spoken to us in his word and has left for us to go with his word. And how we go with his word is with our obedience. The moment we made Jesus Christ Lord of our lives, we decided that whatever he says is what we will go with. And there's a lot he's saying in his word. And we must be the first people that respond and go with it. So when we pick up our Bibles and we read, and we should read and study, we should know that wherever, whatever he's telling us to do, and he expects of us as disciples to do, we'll go with it. You know, the world was changed by those who were doers of his word, not those who just read or knew about it. Active doers of his word. The reason why we have the Bible in our hands today, all put together, is because the first century Christians, the apostles, that took this word, followed his command, followed his word. They trusted in this word because they found it to be true. That the one who told them to go was risen from the dead. And they will go whatever he says because he pulled it off all that he said about himself. So when we pick up our Bibles, we must understand that we have life in our hands as evidence by his life. We must live the way he wants us. This book must not be far from us. He has asked that we make our abode in it. You know, if you read in John 15, he says that I, you and you and me, I am the vine, you are the branches. And that you remain in me. And the way you remain in me is that my words remain in you. So the closer we are to his words, the closer we are to him. In other words, that's what he's saying. It's the only way we can bear fruit. Because without him, we can do 
nothing a consistent a dutiful quality and quantifiable dose of it is a must the bible must be alive to us in our waking moment i say this to you and i say this to myself it's something that i must keep practicing yesterday in reading the scriptures something just popped out in my mind that i've never seen before probably in a later episode i'll share it and that's the amazing thing is that when i read the word i find the strength and encouragement to do what he says we can't live for him and here's the catch we can't live for him if we don't know him and it's just the truth we cannot live for him if we don't know him and so paul commands the church in Colossae that let the word of christ dwell in you richly and because the word of christ dwells in you richly there are expressions of it so that in your teaching in your psalms in in there'll be expressions of it the truth is that if the word of christ is not in us richly we will not express it we will not live the life that he has called us to live we will not uphold that life has called us to live because what the words in this book the words in this book they are living they are active and and we know they are living they are active because there's a true fulfillment of it and it's the person of christ jesus and that's why john could say this is the word before our eyes the logos the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us and as i conclude this the times we're in a true mark of those that follow him are those that will go with whatever he says the times that we're in the times we're in are kind of like tough times you hear nigeria and i'm prob- probably this has gone all over the world in a church in ondo state gunmen unknown gunmen went there with guns and weapons and explosives and killed i, I don't know what the count is i was watching the news today i think over 20 i i think the doctor was confirming about 22 people dead i think it could be more i've heard different stories about it but it's like one of the most heinous things to witness especially when you are seeing video clips and pictures of dead bodies and you are wondering what kind of evil is this and i've seen different responses for christians i've even felt some of these things but um i've learned how not to respond so quickly in things like this i actually mourn with those that mourn it's painful um it was on a sunday and i was in church on a sunday so you can it feels close to home in a sense and I've heard people say things. Uh, one of the most common things that I've heard is, let Nigeria not happen to me. And there's just so much despair, discouragement, and it has fueled the need for people to go and get their PVCs and go and vote. But in preparing this show for today, I was reminded by the scriptures, something Jesus Christ said. And it's in John 16, verse 33. John 16, verse 33. And it kind of like brings to bear things I am actually saying on the show today and he says i've told you these things a lot of things jesus christ i told them you could go read it behind but jesus christ was trying to prep them for the times to come similar times that we are kind of in and it actually will get worse you know that there's a book of the bible that i really did not get a cover in this whole thing that's the book of revelations and um i probably in a later episode not in this season we'll talk about the book of revelations okay so jesus is saying i've told you these things so that in me you would have peace in this world you have trouble but take heart i have overcome the world you know what's funny jesus is saying to us here that i have told you these things so that in me you have peace he has given us his word he has told us these things so that because of his word we would have peace and he goes further to say but take heart i have overcome the world he assures us that there will be problems in the world there'll be trouble we are not going to have a trouble-free world in fact it's going to get worse it's just the truth um we can't as christians we must not shy away from the truth this utopia that everything will be okay here on the side of earth 
We're not going to have it. Clear. There's going to be trouble in the world. But Jesus Christ doesn't only assure us of trouble in the world. He assures us of peace in the trouble. The amazing thing. He assures us of peace. And he says that the result of peace is, a, is as a result of the words that he has said of ours. So when we have his word with us, in us, in our minds, in our, in our thoughts, in our speech, in our confessions, we would have peace. We would have peace. Our peace isn't as a result of the peace in the land. Our peace is as a result of the victory we have in him. So how do we go with what he has said? Because he has said that in this world there will be trouble. So how do we go with this? We shouldn't be afraid. Because he has overcome. We must fill our minds with his word and our responses with it. Because we have peace because of what he said. This is something you must know. We have peace because of what he said. So friends, how do we take this word? How do we go from here? What do we do? How do we go with it? Here's the thing. The one who told us this, the one who told us that there will be trouble in the world, the one who told us that he has said all these things so that we have peace in him and he has overcome the world. The world who says this to us, you know, what gives us confidence about somebody's word is because it's, it's based on the fact that they have proved something before your eyes. So if somebody says, you know what, take this for what I said, you take it because you know this person backs his word. So the one who told us this, the one who told us that we should be of good cheer, that he has overcome the world, he actually beat death. He defeated death. He rose from the dead. That should give us peace. The one who told us this, beat death. That should give us peace. So be of good cheer. He has overcome the world. We would have trouble. But in his words, we would find peace. So, Father, we thank you for today as we wrap up this episode on the Bible Says Part 4. We thank you because your word is living and active. And when we have your word in us, we have a living being inside of us. We have something active. We are not dull. We are active because we have your word. And we ask for the strength and the patience and the commitment. We commit to your word. That will be people of your word. Our waking moments will be full of your word. We're not running to social media to see what's happening. We're running to your word to see what's happening. It's your word that will happen to us. It's the victory you procured on the cross and in your resurrection that would happen to us, not Nigeria. You have overcome the world. You have overcome Nigeria. You have overcome the turbulence. And yes, we may have trouble, but we can go with what you said. Because if you predicted your death, burial, and resurrection, and you pulled it off, we can go with whatever you say because you are a man of your word. Thank you, Father. This we pray in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening today. I'm Brother Joko Joe. And remember, this is Outspoken. God bless you.